Mark chapter 10, please. Mark chapter 10. There are many precious passages in the Bible. In several places, there's a mention of the Lord with children. And this is one of the precious places. The interesting thing about this section of scripture where the Lord is talking about children and talking with children, it is preceded by his discussion of divorce, how tragic divorce is, how it hurts people. And the Lord said from the beginning it was not so, but out of the hardness of hearts, Moses gave that writ of divorcement. And then this passage is followed by the rich young ruler who came to Jesus and said, what can I do to be saved? And the Lord expressed some commandments The reason he gave those commandments was to help the man see that he was convicted. It didn't get through. He said, well, sir, I've kept all these things from my youth up, which was not true because nobody has kept the Ten Commandments. And then the Lord put his finger on the real problem in the man's life. He said, go sell all you have, come and follow me. And the man went away sorrowful he had many riches, but Jesus loved him. Now, right in the middle of that section of scripture, here's what happens. They brought young children to him that he should touch them. His disciples rebuked those that brought them. And when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said to them, suffer the little children to come unto me, forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. He took them up in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. There's nothing more beautiful than children, young children, teenagers, young teenagers. Thank God for boys and girls no matter what age they are. They're beautiful and we thank God for them. I think of a young guy who's here today. Come up here just a minute, will you? Can you give us this mic? This is Curtis. And Curtis, you've impressed me a whole lot. You gave your heart to Jesus, didn't you? Tell us what Jesus means in your life. He means everything. You love him? Yes, sir. You love him enough to sing for him, don't you? Yes, sir. Would you sing at the cross? Sure. Where's Miss Retha? Miss Retha, you usually sit in the front. We need to reserve a place for her at the front. Page 55, if you want it. This young man came to Jesus some time ago, and he said, I had made a profession before, but it wasn't real but I know now that Jesus is real in my life. You watch him. There's hardly anything you can ask him to do that he won't do for the Lord. It's an honor to know Curtis Mansfield. Curtis, do you need the book? Uh, Probably don't, do you? 
Alas, and did my Savior bleed? Did my Sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head for what such a worm as I? That's the first solo his daddy sang. You see, his daddy and mother brought their children to the Lord. Just like in this scripture, they brought their daughter and their two sons. They've grown up in the Lord, grown up in the church. We thank the Lord for that. And their mother and daddy are here almost every Sunday, unless they go out of town for a vacation or work or something else. Listen as he sings that great old hymn, my favorite song, you sing it with Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head for such a At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Let's sing the last stanza with him, but drops of grief. Drops of grief can ne'er repay the debt of love I owe. Here, Lord, I give myself away. Tis all that I can do. At the cross, at the cross, where I Let's give him a big hand, everybody. Thank you very much. Isn't that precious? Now listen, little children can be brought to Jesus. That's an example. Sometimes parents do not bring them. Thank the Lord for bus pastors and bus drivers who go out on the highways and hedges and bring them in. Listen to this very brief message this morning. The action their faith, the rebuke, the compassion, and the warning, all in these little verses. They brought young children to him. Who brought them to Jesus? Well, we don't really know, but I think probably their parents, their loved ones, they brought little children to Jesus. Why would they bring them to Jesus? There must have been something about Jesus that attracted little kids. He probably didn't go around frowning all the time. I think you know what it meant to have joy and to smile, and have a good time, probably stopped and played with them a little bit. And uh, they loved him. I don't know what age they were, maybe little tiny children, maybe children four or five years old, maybe children eight, nine, and 10 years old, maybe teenagers. Everybody that met Jesus in those days whose heart was not hardened by sin loved him. That was a natural reaction. And you know that's a natural reaction to children. They love people. 
Now, sometimes in times like we live now, we have to teach our children, don't go, don't speak to a stranger, don't go anywhere with a stranger, don't even look at a stranger and so on. It would probably be wise to tell them that, but the instinct in a little child's life is to trust and to love and respect. I visited a family yesterday, had a little dog. Dog's name was Susie, I think it was. Anyway, the dog was afraid. And the owner of the dog said the reason that dog is afraid, when he was real little, he was out in the yard and some bully teenager came along and grabbed him and it scared him to death and said, that little dog has to take nerve pills because he was so frightened by that mean teenager. Well, that happens. And sometimes kids can be frightened by older people, sometimes by parents, sometimes by bullies. But Jesus was not anything like any of that. Listen, they brought unto him little children. I think their parents brought them, their loved ones brought them. In our day, Sunday school teachers bring them, bus pastors bring them. Have you ever thought about who brought you to Jesus? Who first invited you to Jesus? Maybe it's your mother, your daddy. Maybe it's a Sunday school teacher. Maybe it's your husband or your wife. Maybe your children. A little child shall lead them. Many, many times in the years gone by, we've seen little children bring their parents to Jesus. I think of Lee and Lucy Kennedy. They were hallmarks in our church. Nobody will ever forget Lee and Lucy Kennedy had two children, Robbie and Roger. Roger was the oldest. He died when he was 16. When he was four or five years old, we had people go around inviting people to church. They knocked on 1600 Kirby Drive and they invited Lee and Lucy to church. Roger heard them, he was four years old. He said, Mom, I wanna go. She said, you're too young. You don't know what you're talking about. I wanna go. The next Sunday he said, I wanna go to church. Next Sunday I wanna go to church. Church was meeting in a house over on Jones Avenue at that time. They built a tent to have a tent revival. And Miss Lucy said, the only reason I went is because my little boy wanted to go to church. He took me to church. It wasn't long until I got saved. You see, a little child shall lead them. These little children are so very, very important. They brought them to Jesus. Sometimes parents bring their kids. Sometimes a neighbor. Sometimes, as we mentioned, a Sunday school teacher or a bus pastor. Thank God for bus pastors. Thank God they go out in the highways and hedges and bring them in Sunday after Sunday. Were it not for bus pastors, many, many people would not be saved. I meet people at the hospital all the time, nurses and some doctors who uh, call me and say, I, I hardly recognize them, except I've seen them as, as doctors at the hospital. They say, you don't remember me, do you? I said, well, yeah, I see you here at the hospital often. You're a doctor. He said, uh, 
I used to come to your church on a bus. Tell your bus people, thank you for picking me up. He got saved through the bus ministry. You see, bringing them in. The reason we're having a kids crusade today, this week, to bring children to Jesus. They brought them to Jesus. Now notice their faith. They brought them to Jesus that he might touch them. What a touch comes from the Lord. When the Lord touches you, I notice that when a man of God comes either to the church or the school, many of our children gather around and want him to sign their Bibles. Over at the Anchorage School, whenever we have a guest preacher on Friday, sometimes on Monday, but usually on Friday, the kids will come, get in a line, and ask that man to sign their Bible. It's been very impressive. Uh, one of our congressmen was there some weeks ago, months ago, and he was amazed. These little children wanted him to sign their Bibles. As he left, he said, I've never had that experience before. You see, little children love people that will talk to them about God. The power of the touch of Jesus the leper was healed, the blind man was healed. The Lord touched the blind eyes and caused him to see. He touched a limb that was lame and caused that man to walk again. He went to a place where a mother was taking her own son out to be buried. She was weeping. He paused beside her a moment. He said to the man that was dead, Rise up, take care of your mother. And that man got up from the death. Jesus touched him. Has Jesus touched you? Do you remember when he first touched you and drew you to himself? Then I want you to notice the rebuke. That's one of the sad things here. In verse 13, they brought young children to him that he should touch them. His disciples rebuked them and that brought them. Can you imagine his disciples? That's Peter, James, and John, Bartholomew, Thomas, and all the others. And they rebuked these parents or these Sunday school teachers or these bus pastors, whoever it was that bring little children to Jesus. Scram, the Lord doesn't have time for these little kids. He's too busy looking forward to what he's doing. I think they'd already detected hurt in the heart of Jesus. Jesus knew he was facing the cross. I don't know whether he had told them yet, but they recognized there was a, there was a difference in his, in his composure. He was facing death on the cross, but even in that moment of facing the cross, he had time for little children. They brought the kids to Jesus and the disciples, they were not mean men. They were gracious, kind, but they knew that Jesus had other things to do. He was very, very busy. He didn't have time for little children. And the Lord had to rebuke them. They rebuked the people that brought Jesus, people, kids to Jesus. Now the Lord rebukes them. So wait a minute. Look, look what he says. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased. They're always displeased with those 
who rebuked those who brought people to Jesus. That didn't please the Lord at all. He was hurt in his heart. You know why he was hurt? He didn't get mad at the disciples. He probably knew they were thinking of him and trying to protect him. He was hurt because they didn't understand. You see, it's one thing to recognize the authority of God, the authority of our Lord, the authority of the Bible, the power of the church. It's another thing to go beyond all that and recognize without the touch of Jesus, nobody has a change in life. That change comes early in life when little ones come to know Christ as personal Savior. And I think Jesus felt bad for the disciples if they didn't understand this. You know, a lot of people don't understand why you bring people to Jesus. They don't understand why a man would go out on Saturday, come to a bus meeting at 9 o'clock in the morning. Brother Johnny would try to inspire them. Then they'd go out and spend several hours visiting and knocking on doors and trying to get people to come. Why are they doing that? What's wrong with them? They must be cracked in their minds. Why do they do that? Those kids will be okay. You know who's going to get them if we don't? The devil. Satan is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He does it through the internet. He does it through television. He does it through all kinds of movies and uh, video games, all those other things. He grabs their attention and steals them away from God. Thank God for somebody, a mother or a daddy, who go out of their way to bring their kids to Jesus. I think of Bob and Sue Brown when they first came to Bowling Green. They lived up here on Liberty. Didn't you live on Liberty? Had two little girls. They brought them to church every Sunday. Every Sunday. Morning and night. Wednesday night. Came a time when Beth fell in love with one of our young preachers. They got married. They spent their lives together serving the Lord. And then Beth contracted cancer. She sat right here, I get in a wheelchair a number of years ago, talked about the blessings of having a cancer. She talked about how Jesus meant everything to her. God did not heal her physically. He took her home. She's one of the flowers in the master's bouquet. But oh, what a glory in Bob and Sue's heart as they think, my little girl, I invested a whole lot in her. We loved her, we prayed for her, we brought her to church. She gave her heart to Christ. We stood by her bed and said good night. Waiting to say good morning over there because they had brought her to Jesus. I think of other people in our church who have brought their families to the Lord. We have a number of folks in our church who bring their folks to Jesus, their families to Jesus, Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. Thank God for them. They deserve 10 gold medals. They'll get those gold medals over in heaven. There'll be rewards over in glory for mothers and daddies who bring their children to Jesus. There'll be rewards for bus pastors 
bus captains, bus drivers, Sunday school teachers, Sunday school coordinators, people who care, who go out on the highways and hedges and bring them to Jesus. Well, I want you to notice something else, the compassion of the Lord. Jesus said, suffer the children to come to me, forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. The Lord has great compassion for people. He cares, he loves. The very second nature of the Lord is love, L-O-V-E. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Jesus cares. Sometimes you wonder, does anybody really care? There may be someone here today who has been discouraged, defeated, had some tough times, maybe some wrinkles in your life and people you've trusted sort of deserted you. Your loved ones are not as close as they once were. Or maybe they've all gone and you're left alone. There's a song that says, lonely, I'm not lonely, for Jesus is my friend. I feel a peace in knowing my Savior stands between. He stands to guard me from danger when earthly friends are few. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. The compassion of the Lord Jesus. Now, I want you to notice something about Jesus, what he thought about these children. He noticed four things about children. I think we notice the same things. Number one, their humility. Most children are humble. They've not reached the age of, of being proud and, and so on, they're, they're humble. You know, most children are shy. I was uh, somewhere the other day and so I was trying to get his little child to sing. His little child ducked behind his mother and he wouldn't sing. He could sing, but he was a shy little fellow. He was not filled with pride, he was filled with humility. Jesus said, that's what I admire in a little child. And I say to you, except you become as a little child in your faith and in your humility, you can't enter heaven. Secondly, he noticed their obedience. I think the instinct in a little, little child, little child, little child, is to obey. Now as we get older, we get self-willed and want to do what we want to do. But a little child, a little baby, maybe cries a lot, but he wants to be held by his mother and daddy. He wants to be nurtured. He wants to obey. You say, come, he'll come. I've noticed, uh, I don't see them in here today, your grandchildren, but uh, those little girls and the two little boys, uh, one little boy has a will of his own. He wants to do what he wants to do. But I noticed the other day, his daddy said, come. In a sort of a voice that the boy knew what he meant, he turned around and came. That's instinctive. And Jesus said, that's what I love in little children. And unless you become as a little child in your faith and your humility and obedience, you can enter heaven. Thirdly. He knows their trust. A little child is trustworthy. That's the reason a lot of children get in trouble. Parents do not warn them to be careful. 
Sometimes little children will take up with a stranger. A stranger is not what he ought to be. Sometimes children have been disabused and, and hurt tragically. But Jesus loved the trust that a little child has. And he said, I say unto you, except you become as little children in your trust, you'll never enter heaven. Last of all, the lack of memory. You say, you mean a little child doesn't memory? Well, he remembers sometimes like an elephant, but he also forgives. A little child doesn't hold grudges. You watch. I'm talking about little children. Sometimes teenagers do. Sometimes older people do. But little children don't hold grudges. You can spank your little boy or girl. The next minute he's hugging you. He loves you. He trusts you. He has a spirit of humility. And he doesn't hold a grudge. Jesus said, except you become as little children in your faith. Unless you get rid of all these grudges and all these harboring of unforgiving feelings, you're not going to see heaven. When Jesus was on the cross, nobody in human history was ever treated more rudely than Jesus was treated. They beat him. They plucked his beard. They slapped him in the face. They spit on him. When he was on the cross, they said, if you're the Christ, come down and save yourself and us. And the Lord looked into heaven and said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. That's the kind of spirit that Jesus gives when we really receive him as our Savior. That's the reason we're having kids crusade. That's the reason we ask somebody here today who has never been saved, come to Christ just as you are. Let Jesus come into your life. He'll change you. He'll forgive you. He'll give you new joy and a power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Let's bow together in prayer, please. Our Father, we thank you for little children and all they mean in the kingdom of God. Thank you for some of the children in our church right now. Others that will be here this evening. Thank you for moms and dads and Sunday school teachers and bus pastors and bus captains and bus drivers that go out to bring them in. We pray that this will be a week that will honor Christ that some will be saved. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand, please. As we sing this closing hymn, number 154, Jesus is tenderly calling thee home, calling today, calling today. Will you let him have his way with your life? If you're here today and you've never been saved, don't turn him away. Don't say no to Christ. Invite him to come into your heart. Let him be your savior and Lord. Will you do that? And friend, if you're on the periphery, you're not really as close to the Lord as once you were, come on back. Give your life back to him and let him have his way. While we sing and while we pray, do what God says you do.